unstoppable, the power of the gospel message. Okay, we're going to spend the next seven weeks on the message of the gospel. Uh, Say, I've heard that. Well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I don't know. It kind of depends, doesn't it, on what you've heard. But we're going to spend the next seven weeks on the gospel message. So why don't you bring your friends? Why don't you be ready to grow? All right, the gospel is what we're all about. Um, next week we're going to have some baptisms. Great opportunity to bring your friends to that. Right, the gospel message would be clear. Uh, Ethiopian eunuch, he's a seeker. And so if you know somebody that's like seeking the Lord or the Lord is seeking them, uh, bring them next week, okay? And uh, ongoing into December too, um, be several weeks in December on the gospel message. Uh, and the gospel message is for everyone and anyone. And so uh, you should feel comfortable, okay, to just bring anybody you want to church for the next several weeks. Uh, it's going to be really exciting, and it's going to be really applicable to all of us because we all need the gospel. Amen? Yeah, for sure we do. This, this statement, the gospel is God's dynamite for breaking down sin barriers and setting the prisoners free. I want that. Right? I want to be free from this prison. And I don't want to blow all of my sin away to smithereens. So that's what the gospel does. And we want to be about that. Let's pray. God, bring about your will. Bring about the gospel in our church, in my life. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, that many would be saved. I know that that's your will. That many would be sanctified and growing. I know that's your will. That many would be spirit-filled and controlled by your Holy Spirit. That's your will. And that we would be submitting to your authority, to the Word of God. And Lord, that we would be willing to suffer not only hardship (laughs) uh, and any hardship for the sake of your name. It's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, how many times have you heard the gospel message? Give me a number. Like like a million? Like, (laughs) how many times have you heard the gospel message? What's the gospel anyway? Is there any ingredients in the gospel? Is there some ingredients? What what are the gospel ingredients? Okay, forgiveness, repentance, yeah, I'm hearing all this. Sin, yeah, you got to start with sin. You don't need anything if, if you don't lack anything. True? Nobody wants to be told that. But I'm a sinner, and I need something. Right? I need to be pardoned for my sin. Right? Like, I'm a mass murderer. If you want to look at it that way, okay, now we're on target. Everybody cringed there. Okay, that's what we're talking about. And so are you. And so there needs to be a payment for that. Death penalty? Right? I deserve the electric chair or some lethal in dose, uh, injection. Right, But Jesus Christ, right? God sent his only son to earth to take and sit in the chair, to take the lethal injection, to die. Right? And you're like, why would anybody do that? Right? Well, this anyone isn't just anyone. Right? This is the someone that could die and then raise again from the dead that's why it was cool right it wasn't like he died and that was, that was it right that's what would happen if i tried to die for your sins end of story bye bye steve all right but but i mean this guy died for sins went 
conquered death and hell, came back, and now he reigns, and that's why through his payment, I now have forgiveness, right? Of my sins, past, anything I'm doing now, and future. Just think about that. That's what we call grace. And grace is this huge part of the gospel. So how many times have you heard the gospel? I think we've heard some kind of gospel, but the gospel is grace. God did for you what you could not do. And he gave it to you free. All he asks is that you live in faith. That you live just believing that that's true. That that's true. And when we believe that that's true, it changes everything because we live a different way. How many times have you responded to the gospel? You're like, well, which, which gospel? The one I've heard or the one you just talked about? <laughs> well, I, anyway, I don't, I, there's no judgment here today. Like, I mean, just how many times have you heard it, the gospel, a gospel? How many times have you responded to a gospel, all right? And how are you different? Let's think about that. Just take a little mental process. Now, how many times have I heard the gospel? Hmm. Okay. And have I ever responded to that? Okay. And when, and when was that? And then how are you different because of that today? You know, around Harvest World, we say this. It's uh, debated whether James said this first or Ron, my senior pastor, but... Uh, if your faith hasn't changed you, it hasn't saved you. Right? Does that make sense? I mean, if nothing's different, then nothing happened. <laughs> right? If your faith hasn't changed you, it hasn't saved you. And so I think I, that was just a great time to say that. It's a harvest isdom. So as we preach the gospel again today, right? You don't have to be like, oh, again, really? Like I heard this a million times. As we preach the gospel again today, is it what you want? Is it what you want? So that's the title of the message, the gospel. It's what I want. The gospel, it's what I want. I want to repent. I want to change again today. I want to grow. I want to go deeper. I want to understand God's grace more. And I want it to stretch my faith bigger. Right? The gospel, it's what I want. For sure, it's what I want. Look, uh, open your Bible to Acts chapter 8. and let it, Let's get after the gospel in a way that you probably have never <laughs> thought about it <laughs> or heard it before. Um, you're like, why is this in the Bible? Um, well, here it is, Acts chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to rehash the last four verses that we already did, but then we're going to kind of go from there um, into uh, uh, cha uh, chapter 8, verse 4, which is really the key verse, and then we're going to go all the way to verse 25. We'll just do the first section, okay? And um, if you're there, say you're there. If you're ready, say you're ready. I'm ready too. Let's do this, okay? Verse 1. And Saul, dun, 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 okay, remember him? Approved of his execution. Whose execution? Oh, great. Two weeks didn't wear off on you. All right, you still knew. Okay, Stephen. Okay, and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they... Who's they? Believers, the disciples, church, right? Great, they. So there's a category for us if we're believers. They were all scattered throughout 
the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. Okay, so the apostles stayed put, but everybody else is like, we're out. Okay, and uh, apostles felt like they had a job and work to do, and everybody else is like, it's okay for me to go. When suffering comes, I mean, you don't have to stay under it unless, unless like, you're called to do that, right? Like, so if somehow it's, like, banned that Christians are banned in Rochester, unless you're called here, you can move to Wisconsin. That's great. And you can preach the gospel there. It's not going to be a problem. You're not, like, you know, skirting your duty or anything like that. It's okay, right? Like, you get it? Okay. This other thing, do you remember Acts 1.8? Do you remember Acts 1.8? What, what does it say in Acts 1.8? Something about starting in Jerusalem and then it going to Judea and Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. So this isn't a bad thing, right? We're like, persecution, bad. <laughs> like, no, this is God's way of getting the gospel out. He's like, time to move. You have this really sweet thing in Jerusalem and you like it. You're getting churchy, <laughs> you know, you're getting comfortable, <laughs> And so, time to move. Here's some persecution. Right? And it comes. And devout men, a devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. It's okay to cry when it's hard. But Saul, dun, 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 was ravaging the church. The church. But notice, I just think this is really cool. And entering... House after house, he dragged them off, both men and women, and committed them to prison. So where's the church? It's got to be in a building. A church building. For sure it's a building, right? Entering house to house, all right? So, I mean, just, this is just confirming that small groups is a part of church, right? If you're not in a small group, I just want to tell you, you might not be part of the church, because that's where the church happens. Not just on Sunday for two hours or whatever. You're like, two hours? It's, just, it's gotten bigger? Yeah, it's gone. It's gotten bigger. Everybody's like, ah, ah, I thought it was an hour and a half at the most. <laughs> okay, no, it's, it's, it's actually just an hour and a half. Okay, but keep her going, or it's going to be two. All right, so house to house is important too. All right, you guys get it. All right, good. All right, now this is the key verse. Underline this in your Bible. Now, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. The word, synonymous with Jesus, synonymous with the gospel. You're going to hear all those things. In the, it's all the same thing. And they went preaching the... They went preaching the word. They went preaching Jesus. They went preaching the gospel. They went preaching the good news. There's a lot of names for what they went preaching, but it's one thing. It's Jesus. All right? What should we do today and every day persecution or none what should we do followers of jesus christ preach the word we got to preach the word in season out of season it doesn't matter we got to preach the word that's what we're called to do and so so grateful that we got our testimonies together right so we have a little stump speech right like a little, a little i got i got a little something that I, like it's not going to come just from that little something. If you just rely on the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you the words in the moment to say what you need to say. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll just gush out and you'll preach the word. That's what we're going after. That's the key verse of the passage. Keep your eyes on that throughout everything we say because now he's just going to explain, like Luke's been doing, he's like this. Okay, let me give you an example. 
Right here's an example. So he's going to open up the example. Here it is. Philip went down to the city of Samaria. We're not sure what city it was, but uh, a city of Samaria. And proclaimed to them the Christ. Do you know what Christ means? The Christ. Messiah. Anointed one. Even the Samaritans, if you look back at John chapter 4, when and Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, she was like, hey, we know Messiah's coming. We're waiting for him. And he's like, what? I am he. I'm the Messiah. Yeah, right here. And she's like, whoa. And then she goes and tells all her friends, right? Like, so obviously that didn't get to this city because they didn't know yet. They're still waiting for the Messiah. But he's like, hey, 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 hey. Christ has come. The anointed one, the Messiah, he's here. He's come. All right, so that's what's happening. So that gives you a little color on it. And the crowd, with one accord, together, they rushed over, right? Paid attention. They considered it carefully. They gave themselves to listening. Maybe it was day in and day out. They were like, tell me again. Tell me, what? what? Okay, now I believe that. You know, they gave themselves to it. They paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him, so they heard him, and they saw, so there's some visual stuff, the signs that he did. Then he's going to expound on that. For unclean spirits, that's demons, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed so that there was much joy in the city. All right, now just look, listen, look, like I am not a doctor. And I can't really tell you if you're physically sick or spiritually sick, right? Unless you ask me spiritually. Spiritually, you, I ask you some questions spiritually. I can maybe tell you if you're sick or not. Physically, I have no clue. But I do know this. When we get to heaven, we're going to be amazed by how many spiritually problems, how many spiritual problems there really are that were diagnosed as other problems, okay? So both and here in the passage. There's spiritual problems, he's healing them. There's physical problems, he's healing them. Whether they're together or not, maybe, right? Could be. Sometimes spiritual problems lead to physical problems. Sometimes physical problems lead to my spiritual problems when I have a bad back, right? Like I'm just telling you. So they're entwined in here, but the thing, let's just get back on the point. They heard the gospel and they saw the signs, the miracles. They saw the life transformation. You ever seen somebody's life just transform? How about you, Joe? Boom! Like, I mean, you were once walking around this way and now you're walking around this way. It's completely 180. Right? That's a miracle, bro. I mean, I could just pick out people. Look at me. It's a miracle. Right? So we were like, oh, where's the signs? Where's the wonders? Could you heal somebody right now? I'm like, God already healed me. And he's willing to heal you. Do you want to be healed? Right? Do you want to be healed? He's willing. He'll heal you. And uh, I think we're, we're looking at the physical more than the spiritual when we get there. So uh, look at verse 8. Uh, so there was much joy in the city. So I just thought, hey, hey, a little joy in this place. I bet you, 
I bet you not everybody in this place has smiled yet this morning. And I bet you not everybody has smiled at the same time. All right, so on the count of three, let's all just give the busiest, biggest, cheesiest smile. Yeah, that's really good, Maddie. All right, the, the biggest, cheesiest grin, and just feel it right down here. Okay, one, two, three. Like, there's joy. I mean, everybody's smiling. They're walking around they're like, what up? Like, that's what's happened in the city. And it's great. Don't you want that in your life? I want that in my life. Let's have that in this church. Is the gospel being preached? Uh-huh. That equals joy. Is, is, are lives being transformed? Are there miracles? Signs? Yes. That equals joy. So let's just be like, What? But we kind of get like, oh, man, more people keep coming. It's so hard. <laughs> we got to serve. We got we to gotta do this. We got to give money. We got to get in a building. Oh, we get to get in a building. That's what we get to do. And it brings me a lot of joy because, you know, getting into a building and paying all that money that we're going to pay is going to bring more people to the gospel, to the message and to the life transformation. It's going to be awesome because God's awesome. Verse 9. Uh, can we just stop with the joy and go home? I mean, it's like I could just trim my average and it'd be awesome. <laughs> Elders are going to give me a review next week and they're going to be like, yep, you're over every week. And it's like, oh, yeah, but like on the average, I'm doing really well. Let's just stop at joy and go home, all right? But, ugh, I always say I like the buts in the Bible, not this one, all right? But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. Nobody else does that in this church, right? I am great, you know, and it's like, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Like, I mean, he's walking around singing the song, dude. He just is. Like, who is this guy? But it gets better. Listen, like, they all paid attention to him. They're, like, listening closely. They're, like, coming back again every day. From the least to the greatest. So it's not just, like, the mojos. It's, like, the kings, too. Like, they're, they're like, all coming. Saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. So he's like, I'm the man, I'm the man. He's like, you're great, you're great. Like Everybody thinks he's awesome. But only God is awesome. So they're all very confused. And they paid attention to him because for a long time, but not anymore, not when he's writing this, he had amazed them with his magic, magic, it was first practiced by the Medo-Persians, and it's a mixture of science and superstition, including astrology and divination and the occult. It's demonic. He's doing things, and you might be able to do some stuff too, but is that from God or is that from Satan? Because if we're in talking about the spiritual world, Satan could do some pretty powerful things too. You think Satan can't turn something upside down? You think Satan can't this or that? Like, he can do it too. Right? So be careful. With like, oh, well, I saw that person do this. Well, I saw that healing. Well, I saw, well, I saw, well, I saw. Yeah, be careful. What's the source of what you saw? Not just what did you see, okay? We're called as Christians to be discerning 
and to test the spirits, John 4, 1 John 4. And so, you know, he's got this thing going on. It's magic. It's like, woo, okay? Look at this flame. It's cool, right? And they're just all like, just astounded by it. But, but, when they believe, so something happened in the story. What happened in the story? The gospel was preached, and people were like, whoa, that's the truth. Okay, so when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about Jesus, about the kingdom of God, the millennium's coming, God's going to reign on earth, and the name of Jesus Christ, he's the Messiah, the chosen one, the uh, anointed one, they were what? We're going to do that next week. And if you haven't been baptized, I mean, these people were like following the whole wrong thing, and they're like, oh, no, no, we believe the truth. And they were, what? Okay, so I think that's an important part. Of, of what we do as believers, okay? So just, just saying, both men and women, so y- it doesn't matter what sex you are. And when Simon himself believed, what? So Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, what? He continued, what? <laughs> like he's a disciple, allegedly, with Philip, and seeing signs, and great miracles performed, he was amazed. He's like, this is awesome. Like, I could do some cool stuff, but this is way better. I'm going to stay close to this and see if I can figure this out. Maybe I can do this. You ever been like that? Yeah, sometimes. Verse 14. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them, Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. You're like, whoa, hold on. What just happened here? Hold on. They believed, they're baptized, but they don't have the Holy Spirit because I'm pretty sure I read Ephesians. I'm pretty sure I read everything. I'm pretty sure like the whole New Testament says that this kind of happens at the same time. So what's going on? <laughs> All right, just I'm going to answer that in a second. For he, he had not fallen on them or any of them yet, right? But they had only been baptized, so they were baptized, not in the Spirit, but in water, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. You're like, in the name of Jesus, not the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're like, yeah, forget off the names, man. You're being too, you're you're in the weeds, right? Just, just, it's not even the point of the whole story. I just got to cover it so that you can get out of it, okay? Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Bam! I want to do that. You want to do that? Let's go do that. If I lay my hands on you and you get the Spirit, that'd be sweet. Right? Wouldn't that be sweet? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I want that. I'll just keep reading the story here. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of hands by the apostles' hands, he offered them money. Yeah, I'd buy that too. Would you? Like, how much? Like, if it's in my price range, I want it too. It's out of your league. Trust me saying, give me this power also, so that anyone whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter's like, yeah, uh, it's going to be a million dollars. No. Like, Peter, in the most discerning statement yet, I, I mean, this guy had it over on all these believers, but Peter's like, yeah, you can't fool me, man. I've been with Jesus. I've seen it all. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you. Now just think back to chapter 5 of Acts. Did we cover that already? 
something about Ananias and Sapphira? Okay, may your silver perish with you. What are you expecting right now? I'm thinking he's dead. I'm thinking he's dropping right now. Boom, right? But what's the difference? What's the difference? He's not a believer, right? He's not a believer. Ananias and Sapphira, believers that lied to the Holy Spirit. Boom, right? But this guy's not a believer. Like, don't kill him. Save him, right? Don't kill him. Give him the gospel. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, so give him the gospel. So he's, he's going to get there, okay? So he says, let your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God. You need the gift. With money, you can't. It's not about what you put in the offering plate today. It's not about all the works you do if you're trying to be in the currency of time and talents. It's not. I don't know what pastors told you what, but it's not about any of those things. Time, talents, or treasure, or how much you gave. It's not a trade. It's a gift. You have neither part nor lot. It makes me think of parking lot. <laughs> you have ne- I don't know why. So you have neither part nor lot in this matter. You're not even in the right time zone, let alone the right parking lot. All right? You're not even in the right place, dude. You're like, you, you don't even get it. For your heart, circle heart, it's all about the heart, guys. I want you to know it's all about the heart. For your heart is not right before God. So if you came in here and your heart is not right before God, saved or not saved, that ought to get your attention. Your heart is not right with God. You're spewing these things because you don't know what you're saying. In verse 22, circle this. Repent, therefore, of the wickedness of yours, this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord. What should he do? What's the twofold thing? Repent and pray. I think it's one. You can pray and repent at the same time. Talk to God, bro. Talk to God. If you came in here and you got a hard heart, you got something going on, talk to God. Get it off to God. Repent to God. Talk to God, right? So, so that's pretty clear what you're supposed to do. Peter had said before, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. That's Acts 2. He's already said this. And pray to the Lord that if possible, it is possible. I've circled that in red. It is possible with Jesus Christ. But he says, if possible, so you, it, it depends, if possible, on Jesus, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. Anybody need forgiveness today? Oh, Lord, please forgive us. Please forgive me. I can't ask for forgiveness for you. It's pretty personal here, isn't it? I'm not asking for your forgiveness. I'm asking for me. You need to ask for you. Is that clear? For I see that you are in the goal. <laughs> That's like bile. Okay, anybody thrown up lately? Okay, you got enough. All right, Ugh. okay. It's like a, a, an acid or a, a chemical sepre- secreted from your liver to break down things, right? Like, Ugh. <laughs> The gall of bitterness. That's what bitterness is. It's an acid to your soul. And in the bond of iniquity, you're chained up in your sin. You can't get free. And Simon answered, 
What do you think he's going to answer? Well, that's coming back to that later. You're like, really? Yeah, yeah, let's come back to that later. All right, here it is. I promised you I'd tell you about the Holy Spirit, right? Because that's kind of confusing. All right, so let me just read this. This is just a paragraph from Warren Rearsby, one of the most intelligent theological guys in our day, right? Here it is. This is so clear, so concise. I'll just read it. Remember, too, that the first 10 chapters of Acts record a period of transition from the Jews to the Samaritans to the Gentile. God's pattern for today is given in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 and following, actually. The sinner hears the gospel. Are you hearing it? Are you a sinner? He believes in Jesus, right? Receives the gift of the Spirit and then is baptized as a visible representation of what's happened. It is dangerous to base any doctrine or practice only on what is recorded in Acts 1 through 10. For you might be building on that which was temporary and transitional. Those who claim we must be baptized to receive the gift of the Spirit, some people do. Like you can't be saved if you're not baptized. You don't have the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 38 have a hard time explaining what happened to the Samaritans. And those who claim we must have the laying on of hands, more of a charismatic thing, i got to have a second experience with the laying on of hands, to receive the Spirit, have a difficult time with Acts 10. Once you accept that Acts 1-10 through is transitional, it's as a transitional period in God's plan, with Acts 10 being the climax, the problem is solved. Is that clear? That's what I believe. That's what we believe here at this church. That's why we're not way over here. Like, everybody's got to speak in tongues. That's why we're not way over here. Nobody should speak in tongues. Like, there's a balance. We receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation when we believe that Jesus Christ is the payment for our sin. When we see and feel and gripped are gripped by the grace of God and that activates our faith to trust him. I just trust you, God. I don't know why you did it. I don't know how you, uh, how it actually worked out up in heaven, but like, thank you. By faith, I accept it. That's what we're looking for. All right, the rest of the message is this. Can I just say something really hard to hear? I mean, this is going to be really hard to hear because it's really hard. When God said it to me this week, it's like, oh, I don't want that. Can I say something really hard to hear? I think I might be Simon. It's possible. And it's possible you might be Simon too. I'm looking at the characters of the story. And I'm not Saul because I'm not persecuting the church. And I might not be Philip, who's this bold evangelist preaching the gospel, right? But I hope I am. And I'm definitely not Peter or John. We've already been over that. I'm not an apostle. I'm not the 12. I'm the 3,000, right? And the Ethiopian eunuch, which later in the chapter, well, we get back to that. He's a seeker. And yes, I am seeking God, but, but I hope not on that side of salvation, right? So I, I, I might be Simon. You might be Simon. It's possible. Resistant to real repentance and life change. That's what Simon is. He's playing the game. He's a pretender, but he's resistant to real repentance and life change. I kind of want to be part of this movement called the church, but I find it hard to repent and change and submit myself 
completely to God and becoming a vital part of his church. Which is the mission. Living out the gospel. Do I really want it? Do I really want to live out the gospel? Really? It's not easy. It's not easy to live out the gospel. So you kind of kind of check your heart, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but the heart is desperately wicked, right? Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Only God. Only God can understand your heart. So you're like, oh, yeah, I think I'm saved, and I, I think I got this, and I, I think I know for sure, and, I, and, I, and I'm not judging. But I think we ought to open our mind and just read the Scripture and just be like, okay, uh, do we or don't we? And am I Simon? Is it possible I'm just playing this game? I pray not. Let me pray. Oh, Father, move in our hearts today. Expose our wrong motives and our self-centered thinking. Bind Satan in this place and his demons that are giving us the wrong messages. Help us to forget everything we've seen in the media and the TV and what it tells us. Help us to focus on your word and what you say and only that. Nothing a pastor said to us before, nothing a religious leader said to us before. Just what you say, Jesus. Open our eyes to see your grace in sending Jesus to pay the penalty for my sin, for our sin. Capture my heart afresh today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, just quick, two application things here, okay? And they come in the form of a question. God's word is asking two questions to expose your heart, okay? Two questions to expose my heart. Do I want the power without serving the mission? Do I want the power, remember we read that, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also so that I may give me the power. They're like, do you want to serve the mission or are you just serving yourself? We spent eight weeks on the Holy Spirit power. It's exciting. It's attractive. If you were here and you have a pulse, you're like, who wouldn't want to be more in love with God? Who wouldn't want to see more God moments and more life change and more miracles and more life transformation? But serving the mission is hard. Serving is hard. <laughs> Submitting to the will of God is hard. It's hard to tithe God's money. It's hard to tell others about Jesus. It's hard to trust the leaders of the church. It's hard to trust any leader in our, in our nation. It's hard to take time to read my Bible and pray and disciple others, my wife and my kids. It takes so much time. It's hard. It's hard to transition from getting fed, sitting in the pew, and hearing the Word of God once a week to feeding myself and being full and ready to pour out and serve others every day, not just Sunday. It's hard. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Is it hard? It's hard. So i got to ask myself the question, do I serve the mission? Or am I just hoping to experience the power, right? Am I getting close to the fire because I want to see the flame. I want to see it go up. I want to 
see the power reign. So am I tithing God's money? Am I telling others about Jesus? Am I trusting the leadership of the church that God's ordained, the leadership of our nation that God's ordained? Am I taking the time to read my Bible and pray and disciple others? That's the mission, right? Am I, am I transitioning from getting fed? Because there's a time where you get fed. You're a little baby and you just, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the, you know, the milk from the mouth, desire the sincere milk of the word, right? But that shouldn't just happen Sunday to Sunday. That should happen every day. Like we should be drinking this up every day. And when we do drink it up every day, then we're ready to pour out whenever we need, right? On Sunday and other times. We're ready to engage. We're excited. You might look at it this way. Let this, uh, you know, we're moving. Can you tell? (laughs) You can't tell? Does nobody use colored packing tape? I'm the only guy. All right, who uses colored packing tape? Wow, I'm feeling really geeky right now. <laughs> this, this might be the first time. So if you come help us move tomorrow or the next day, like it's so easy, right? Because like you just like, this color goes in this room, this color goes, in, it's just, you've never heard of this? All right, I'm your pastor, I'm just feeding you. This is great. All right, just practical stuff at church today. Uh, but I laid this tape down because we're not going to need it. And uh, I thought I'd be wasteful. No, I, uh, this has a point. Let this represent the highway of life, Right? Which lane are you in? As we go down the highway of life, which lane are you in, right? Which lane are you in? Are you in the earthly drive, right? Are you in eternity, right? This right here. Eternity way. Are you on easy street or are you on the everlasting avenue? And you're like, oh, I don't know. I get get it. Okay, so... What I'm asking you is, is, do you want eternal life without changing in your life? You're like, oh, I want eternal life, but I don't want to cross the line of Christ's blood and live in the narrow way, right? This is the narrow road. Few are on it and get persecuted because they're weird. Why are you way over there? Come on over here, right? And, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many are on it. It's the highway of life. Are you living an eternal life? Right? Are you in eternal life? Because if you're in eternal life, everything looks different to you. People go, why, why, aren't, you, why aren't you over here? You're like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the way. I'm just looking at things differently now. Like, I don't hate you because you're on the road over there. Like, I just, why don't you come over here, right? Like, God loves you. It's counterintuitive. We lose our life to have the best life ever. Here and there for eternity. But we lose our life. Have you ever lost your life? Crossed over through the blood of Jesus Christ. Died to self. To live for Christ. That's what we're really talking about. You're still on the road. You're still alive. You're still on the highway of life. But I like to call it the fast lane, <laughs> right? You're so, you're, you're so, it, things are picking up a little bit, right? Where are you at? Do I want the power without serving the mission? You know, there's a lot of people that come to church, and here they are right here. They want the power. They're on the highway, right? But they're not like, 
serving the mission. They're not doing the hard thing. They're not on the narrow way. They're on the broad way. There's wheat. And there's tares. Satan, when, when God sows the field, Satan sows too, right? And he sowed some seed in there, some weeds in there. And remember? And then what does he say in the story? He says, should we pull it up? Should we pull it up? He's like, no, 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 don't pull it up. Or it will rip out the actual seed. Wait until the end of the harvest. And we'll take care of it then. You don't want to wait till then. You don't want to wait till then. You want to cross the line now. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. The second thing. Just a question. Two questions to expose my heart. I mean, I'm just deactivating my inner lawyer. I'm just thinking about the passage now. Do I want the gift without surrendering my motives? Do I want the gift of God without surrendering my motives? So for some of us, it's easy to say, yeah, yeah, I'm serving the mission. I'm serving at 11 o'clock. You better get done soon. I got a meeting to go to. Like, I'm serving the mission, man. I believe. I've been baptized. I'm continuing. Every week I'm here. Or most weeks. Simon 2. Right? Simon 2. You see Simon in the story? He's like, I believed. I've been baptized. And I'm continuing in it. Like, here I am. Again. I'm showing up. Again. Here I am. So I thought this series of questions might just help. Why are you here today? Why are you here today? What did you believe? And why do you believe it? Man, tell us some stuff, Pastor. No, 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 no. I need to let you wrestle in this moment. Why? Why did you get baptized? Or maybe why haven't you? What is your heart motive for coming to church today? Right? I just ask you to let your guard down. No one's in your head. Nobody can see what's going on up there. Deactivate your inner lawyer. Tell Satan to go away. Ask God to open your eyes. Because he's the only one that really knows what's going on in your heart. So ask God right now. You might just ask him, God, open my eyes. Who am I really? What am I really? Think clearly about these questions, these simple questions, and answer them simply. Don't make it complicated or convoluted. Right? I'm just going to ask him again. Why are you here today? What did you believe? Or I could say, what do you believe? Why do you believe it? Why did you get baptized? And what is your heart motive for coming to church today? It's good to wrestle with those things.
was really wrestling with my heart as I was reading this story this this week. It was like God was just like ripping open a, a new layer and just being like, hey, we're going to go deeper, Steve. You want to go deeper? I'm grateful to God for that. I just say this, if you're lying to yourself, it is like acid to your soul and you are bound in your sin. It's like hell. I mean, if you just want to be, I mean, I hate to be crass, but it's like, it's like hell, right? Acid doesn't feel good. It's like you're getting burned all the time and you can't get out, right? I mean, just think about it. That's kind of what lying to yourself is like. <laughs> like, like, when you, like, this is acid in my soul and you just get more and more bitter and you're like, I'm just trying to play this game and I don't want anybody to know and I, I can't do anything. I don't, I don't want them to think differently of me. And like, really? Like, what would we think about if you said, I'm not saved, I actually need to get saved? We'd be like, joy, right? There would just be joy. That's all there would be It's joy. It's evident from the story what the response is of believers. You're like a puppet to your religion, you know? Like, you, just, you ever seen a puppet? And you're like, it's like, and your religion tells you what to do, and you just, you do it. Like, I got to take communion today. Oh, I got to do, I got to, uh, uh, yeah, I got to serve. I got to give. I got to, uh, uh. cut the strings, bro. Cut the strings, sis. You're not bound by religion. You're free in Christ. Cut the strings. Quit lying to yourself that you have to do this or that. For by grace are you saved through faith. That's it. Don't add anything more. It's not of works lest anyone should boast. Don't tell me, don't, my worst fear is that you, under my leadership, would go to heaven, and God's like, why should I let you in? You're like, well, I did this, and I did this, and I did this. And you're like, you're going the wrong direction, bro. Like, just get up there and be like, he says, why should I let you in? And you're like, I don't, Jesus, the blood, I'm not sure why I'm here, really. I'm a sinner. But God saved me by His grace. I think the answer to that question is, thank you, Lord. Why should I let you in my heaven? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, like, thank you, Lord. Like, that's it, right? What do I do? Well, verse 24 tells you what to do. And Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord and nothing, uh, that nothing of what you have said may come to, upon me. Was that what he asked him to do? What did he say? Did he say to do that? No. Up here, verse 30, uh, 22. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, all sin. Repent of all sin and pray to the Lord that if possible, and it is possible through Jesus, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. And what does Simon do? Simon goes back to Peter and he says, hey Peter, will you pray for me? Pray, pray that this won't come to be out. Pray, pray that it won't happen to me. Pray, pray. Really? No, no, no. It's not me praying for you. It's you getting on your knees, getting right with God and saying, do we have something here or not? It's you. It's not me. I can't do it for you. You have to do it. It's a personal thing. You have to ask God. You have to repent. 
That's how we respond. That's what we do. We repent. So we're going to go to communion now. I'm going to ask Brent to come up. He's going to play. And I'm just going to pray my own prayer. But you pray yours, okay? If you need to get on your knees, if you need to come down here on the floor, if you, whatever you need to do. This is my prayer. Father, I pray, forgive me for the wicked intent of my heart. For my motives, whatever they are, some not even revealed yet, for coming to church today. For my motives of giving during the offering today. God, I just pray that I wasn't giving to get. But that I was giving because I've gotten so much. Father, forgive me for the motives of why I'm serving in church today. God, please change my heart. I want my motives for serving to be pure. People need the Lord. The kids in children's ministry need the Lord. They need to be discipled. They need to hear the gospel. People that walk through the doors, they need to be greeted warmly with love because, Jesus, you love them. So many more. Father, I need to repent. Not always sure what to repent of. But as we come to communion today, God, I just want to make sure we're good. That I'm trusting you and you alone. Nothing I can do, not even the cup or the juice or the, or the bread, none of it saves me. Just to remind me of what you've done. God, help us not to be concerned with uh, other people and what they think. God, we just see clearly in the story that Simon was more concerned with avoiding judgment and judgment day than with getting right with you, with having a relationship with you. He didn't want to be judged, but he didn't want to give up his life and have a relationship with you. And God, I pray if there's people here in this room they don't want to be judged, they want to be on the heaven train, but they also don't want to give up their life, that you would just point out to them that this is an all-in sport. This is all or nothing. God, help us to not be concerned with how we look or what people think about us, but help us, Lord, help me to serve the mission and to surrender my motives to you Help me to repent and to live in the gospel again today. I pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.